Hello, this is Helga Edwards, and I'm here with my husband Bob. Today, we will be reading Genesis chapter 35, verses 16 to 21, from the Good News Translation, today's English version. Beginning at verse 16. Jacob and his family left Bethel, and when they were still some distance from Ephrath, the time came for Rachel to have her baby, and she was having difficult labor. When her labor pains were at their worst, the midwife said to her, Don't be afraid, Rachel, it's another boy. But she was dying, and as she breathed her last, she named her son Benoni, meaning son of my sorrow. But his father named him Benjamin, meaning son who will be fortunate. When Rachel died, she was buried beside the road to Ephrath, now known as Bethlehem. Jacob set up a memorial stone there, and it still marks Rachel's grave to this day. Jacob moved on and set up his camp on the other side of the Tower of Eder. Here ends our reading of Genesis chapter 35, verses 16 to 21. In this very sad passage, we read about the death of Rachel, the wife of Jacob, as she is giving birth to her second son. The name that she gave her son, Benoni, was symbolic of her sorrow. After she passed away, her husband buried her beside the road that leads to Bethlehem. He marked her grave prominently with a memorial stone. In both the Old Testament book of Jeremiah and the New Testament book of Matthew, Rachel's sorrow is given prophetic significance. For example, in Jeremiah 31.15 we read, a sound is heard in Ramah, the sound of bitter weeping. Rachel is crying for her children. They are gone, and she refuses to be comforted. Jeremiah chapter 40 verse 1 tells us why Rachel is portrayed as crying for her future offspring. It was near Ramah, at a place visible from her gravesite, that the children of Israel were later gathered to be sent away to Babylon in chains. In the time of Jeremiah, we read that Israel had turned away from God. They began to worship idols and treat one another with cruelty. One of the idols they worshipped, a fertility god named Molech, was even honored through child sacrifice. After repeatedly warning the people to turn away from doing wrong, the prophet Jeremiah eventually prophesied that God would give Israel over to the false gods they had chosen. They would be taken captive into Babylon, a land steeped in idol worship. The prophecy regarding Rachel's sorrow, however, does not end there. God answers her tears with a message of hope. In Jeremiah 31, verses 16 to 17, he says, Stop your crying and wipe away your tears. All that you have done for your children will not go unrewarded. They will return from the enemy's land. There is hope for your future. Your children will come back home. I, the Lord, have spoken. In verse 21 of the same chapter, God tells his people, Set up signs and mark the road. Find again the way by which you left. Come back, people of Israel. Come home to the towns you left. Markers are to be set up along the roadside, showing Israel the path to redemption. Rachel's memorial stone was a similar roadside marker, pointing the way to Bethlehem, the city where Israel's Messiah one day would be born.
The birth of the Messiah in Bethlehem is prophesied in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, which reads, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come forth for me one to be ruler over Israel, whose origins are of old, from the days of eternity. Matthew chapter 2, verse 6 records the fulfillment of this prophecy when Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem. Another reference is made to Rachel's tears in Matthew chapter 2, verse 18. This time, her sorrow is depicted as foreshadowing King Herod's reported slaughter of the children of Bethlehem, an atrocity he committed in the hope of preventing the Messiah from replacing him as king. Herod's cruel strategy did not work. Matthew explains that God sent an angel to warn Joseph to hide Jesus in Egypt until Herod had passed away. Herod did not prevent Jesus from fulfilling his mission. Also, Herod had badly misunderstood Micah's prophecy. As Jesus explained to the Roman prefect Pontius Pilate in John 18 verse 36, his kingdom was not of this world. Herod saw Jesus as a threat to his earthly kingdom. Jesus, however, was intent on introducing people to the kingdom of God. Herod was not the only person of his time who misunderstood the role of the Messiah. Many of the people of Judah were hoping that the Messiah would be a great military leader who would deliver Israel from the oppressive rule of Rome. Instead, Jesus came to deliver every human heart from the oppressive power of sin. Throughout the New Testament, sin is personified as a cruel slave master that pushes or entices people to do harmful things. Unfortunately, the word sin has become a very religious term that is often misused or misunderstood. According to Jesus and the Apostle Paul, sin is simply the opposite of love. In Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40, Jesus encouraged people to love God and to love their neighbor as they love themselves. He said that these two commandments summarize the instructions found in all the Old Testament books of the Law and the Prophets. Similarly, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, the Apostle Paul wrote, All that matters is faith, expressed through love. Jesus' mission was not to overthrow the rule of Rome and set himself up as an earthly king. He had no desire to take Herod's place as a ruler in Judea. He came so that people could experience the love of God's kingdom in their hearts. In Luke 17 verses 20 and 21, he attempted to explain this to the religious leaders of his day. He said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here, or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Romans 14.17 tells us that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, which the Holy Spirit gives. In Romans 10.9, the Apostle Paul explained how we can invite God's kingdom into our hearts. He said, so you will be saved if you honestly say Jesus is Lord and if you believe with your heart that God raised him from death. 
Honestly saying that Jesus is Lord means that we are willing to live as he taught his followers to live. In John 13:34, he taught them to love one another as he had loved them. He loved them and all of us so much that he died on the cross to atone for our sins. This means that anything we have ever done wrong can be forgiven because of Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. His resurrection from the dead was the miraculous sign that his death had special significance. When we believe in this sign, we are acknowledging that Jesus is the Messiah and that because of his death, our sins can be forgiven. We can be free from the power of sin so that the love, righteousness, peace, and joy that comes from the Holy Spirit can begin to live in our hearts. The story of Rachel's death is a story of sadness, met by hope in the promises of God. The road to redemption leads to Bethlehem, to the birthplace of Jesus, the Messiah. In answer to Rachel's tears, God promised to save his people from their sins.